Welcome to the Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Hen House. Eggs that not only taste good, but do good for the farmer, for the hen, for the environment, and for you. And today we are joined by Mr. Laverne. Laverne is a farmer with Farmer's Hen House, and he has uh, graciously given us 30 minutes of his day uh, to get to know him, to hear more about his farm, uh, his farming story, the history that he has with farming, and uh, and then maybe he'll he'll share some jokes or something too. I don't know. We'll find out. But Laverne, are you there on the phone? Yes, I am. All right. It's good to hear your voice. And we were we were speaking a little bit earlier uh, before we started recording that you guys got some snow this morning. That's right. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we had about three inches of of uh, snow in April, which is quite unexpected for this time of the year. But you know, this is Iowa. It is indeed. Hey, do you remember in recent memory there being snow this late? No. Okay. So it's uh, it's just something. It's the frosting on the uh, coronavirus cake, right? Snow in April. Yeah, it's another surprise. But we did. I guess I do remember a, a couple of inches in northern Iowa. That was a couple of years ago. But in our area, we had just you know just a skiff, but not three inches in the mid-April. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it seems like we should learn to expect the unexpected weather wise in Iowa. It's almost like we shouldn't be surprised by it anymore, but yet we still are. So Laverne, uh, you are a farmer obviously. Uh, and, uh, part of the farm work you do is with farmers hen house. Uh, how long have you been farming? We started farming in 1995. Okay. And that was... Entirely on our own, but we were in partnership a couple of years before that with my with family, but me and my wife just, you know, entirely on, on our own in 1995. Okay. Did you, did you both grow up on farms? Yes, we did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a, uh, like a whole new career change necessarily, lifestyle change. No, and you get and you you are Amish, correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, g- growing up in the Kelowna area uh, on an uh, Amish farm, um, it wasn't uh, necessarily unexpected for you to to get into farm work at, uh, as an adult. No, that was entirely uh, uh, basically what I grew up with, and that's. You know what I wanted to always to do was you know have my own farm, and uh, organic was just starting in at that time. So we started farming organically from the very start. Yeah. Well, now were you part of Eldon's uh, organic growers group? Yes. Yes, we were. Okay. Uh-huh. And so uh, with that, you had that relationship with Eldon. Is Eldon of relation to you guys at all? Uh, yes, he's my father-in-law. Okay. My my wife is uh, Eldon's oldest daughter. Wow. Well, I I feel like I should have known that, but maybe I did at one point and I forgot. But now now I definitely know it. And so, <laughs> so uh, through that relationship, obviously, uh, you guys know Eldon well. Actually, I, I spoke with him yesterday. We did a podcast yesterday. Um, and uh, I told him I was speaking with you. I can't remember. I don't think he. I don't think he said anything about uh, the relation. So, um, 
but you guys were part of that organic growers group that started in night was that 95 that started it was right at that time i think it was in 95 maybe 94 uh but and, and there was a there was a period of transition. We were in transition from '95 until 1997 when we had our first organic crop. Okay. Um, and so, what yeah. what was that transition like? Going fully organic, certified organic. Was that difficult? Was it natural? Like, how would you describe that? I would describe it as almost natural because we, I grew up, you know. Um, without using herbicides, insecticides, but at that time, uh, there was no, um, so to speak, an organic market market for eggs or crops. Did, you know, all me- mechanical cultivation, cultivation, you know, and yeah. uh, well, just basically doing the paperwork is what was different from what I grew up with. Yeah. Eldon has shared in a past uh, podcast that that was the, the hardest thing about farming organic was doing the paperwork. Right, I would agree with that. It's it's the paperwork that's that's the hardest thing. Yeah, he he, he likes it, or he I've heard him say a few times that Amish farmers are better with a pitchfork in their hand than a pencil. That's right. I, I do that any day. You know, go out do the physical labor, then sitting behind the desk and you know uh, doing all the paper trail, but. That's what uh, organic farming is all about, and if that's what's required, that's what, what well, what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah. So uh, you were there at the the start of the hen house, then farmer's hen house, right? Uh, yes, uh, we we built our layer barn for for farmer's hen house in 1997. We started out with uh, actually a cage layer at that time for. For the Heidi Brown carton. Okay. We did that for three years with Farmer's Hen House. We we are all our eggs went into the Heidi Brown carton, but at, by the year two thousand, this organic thing looked uh, very appealing. So we converted the house to cage free. You know, I took all those wire cages out and uh, let the birds uh, do their own thing. You know, uh, jump up different uh, levels on perches and find their own feed and water scratch area, which, yeah, they're a more healthy, happy bird. Yep. Uh, yeah, we, we've, been, we've enjoyed it. And, and you are you guys free range now? We're certified organic uh, with uh, outdoor access for, you know, for the, for the chickens. Yep. So I think our eggs go into a farmer's hen house, um, Pastor eggs, I think that's what they're called. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, certified. Or- certified organic, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, and when as you've uh, been with Farmers Hen House since the beginning, have you seen a lot of change? I mean, you just kind of referenced some there with with starting with caged uh, hens and and then tearing the cages out. What other uh, changes have happened that you've witnessed in the industry in farming since you guys got started? Well, there's been a number of changes. You know, the, I know in the early years, you know, uh, the eggs were transported from my farm to farmer's hen house in a open-sided truck. I mean, you know, there was no reefer truck in the early years, which would seem strange now, but that's the way it was done back then. Um, 
just an open-sided truck, uh, no reefer, and the coolers were not as well-maintained. What I, what, I, what I mean by that, it, they were not constantly being kept at between 35 and 45 degrees. It could fluctuate quite a bit. Okay. But, but we know, for the past 15 years, maybe, yeah, past 15 years, that's there's been quite a bit of... Uh, focus on keeping the temperature at a correct level. Yeah. Transporting in a in a controlled reefer truck. Um when you say reefer just, reefer you're referring to refrigerated, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So is that uh is that is that something that with refrigeration, I don't know if you have any insight into this, but is re- you find refrigeration is a necessary thing, particularly in the transportation of the eggs, or is it more of a like a, a US, USDA kind of imposed rule just for best practices? Because I, I know like I spent some time living in Europe, and I don't think I ever purchased eggs uh, in a refrigerator. I think they were all just on a shelf, and they were room temperature. That's the way I understand it. Here in the U.S., I think it's it's law that the eggs need to be washed before they're egg carton. And I think, as I understand it, if an egg is washed, it somewhat um, reduces its ability to stay fresh. Yeah. So we need to re- refrigerate it. And, and as I understand it, the refrigeration or the fluctuation in temperature is what really causes the eggs to age uh, rapidly. Yeah, yeah. I was so, talking to somebody about they thought the biggest mistake that uh, the American egg industry ever made was washing the eggs uh-huh. because they last. They, they, I think you were saying they, they last longer, right? That's what I've, I've I've been told. You know that they last longer, stay fresh longer if they're not washed. But how do you get around the in the in America or United States, you know, eggs need to be washed yeah. and be put into it. Right, so, right. Yeah, I wonder in other countries where they they don't do that. If it's yeah, just the the, the benefits of of washing of not washing. I'm sure there's probably articles out there that I could read, but uh, I thought I'd just try to get all the answers from you. I could, man. <laughs> well, I know, but what what happens over in Europe has a way of. Uh, you know, coming over to the States, you know, within a five or 10 years. So I, I would be surprised if eventually that might, you know, have an impact in our, um, way of doing things as well. So sure. we'll see one. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Laverne, now do you have children that also farm with you? Uh, yes, we do. We, this is a family operation. Um, our oldest daughter, works at Farmer's Hen House um, four, four days a week packing the eggs. Okay. She's 25 years old, and she uh, she enjoys her job. And um, the rest of the family, uh, you know, they pitch in, do chores. Um, how many, ch- how many children do you have? We have seven children altogether. Okay. And 25 is the oldest? 25 is the oldest. The youngest is 10 years old. Uh, you know, we got five daughters and two two sons. Okay. And uh, it's something that we do as a family project. Yeah. Now, do you, do you uh, have assigned chores or do the chores change 
kind of from day to day or season to season? I think stay pretty pretty constant, same from day to day. You know, the, the two youngest, they're uh, 13 and 10 years old. They go to school, and after school, it's, you know, they know the requirement, come home, uh, change your clothes, go out and uh, egg room and start gathering eggs, you know, and uh, it's... Uh, it was a responsibility, you know. It's it's a it's a great way to to interact. I I work with the two youngest in that barn uh, gathering. Um, you know that's that's a great way to connect. You know how did you get go get they go at school? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great uh, like you said opportunity to connect, and I think just continue to to build relationships with the kids in meaningful ways and uh and two to get some work done while you're at it right right yeah so as are, do uh do chickens make up the the bulk of your farming uh, yes we have uh an, another barn where we get day old chicks uh where we uh buy them from the hatchery and we raise them till they're ready to lay okay yeah. So pull it, pull, pull it, raisin, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so then you sell the pullets, or you keep them? Yes. The one, one group, or every third group, we 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 fill our layer barn, but the other two groups we would sell to customers because it takes about uh, sixteen to eighteen weeks till a pullet is ready to to lay. Okay. A young, young chick, you know, from day one until she's ready to to put into the later house to start laying eggs. Yeah. So, do you guys always have birds on the farm then with doing pullets and hens? Yes. Okay. Yes, we do. Yep. Um, now, what what would you say is uh, the most challenging, uh, working with hens or raising pullets? Um, they're both, uh, kind of similar and still they're not quite as the same. The pullets are more involved in, in, in the vaccination part. You know, you need to, um, start with the vaccination at the two week old time frame and as they grow every week or two, you need to revaccinate for different things just to keep them healthy and all same as us. We need a, yeah. You know, as yeah. immunization is very important. Right. And uh, just basically following through with that, making sure they're on target weight and uh, their, their uniformity is good. Just, you know, that way, if you've got a good foundation in the in the pull-up barn, when they're ready to go into the later barn, they're ready to, you know, do their ultimate in, in their performance in there as well. Yeah. If you do, let me speak, if you do a good job in the pull barn, the later, later barn will, will, uh, will take care of itself. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll do well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, it's kind of like raising kids, right? I guess. Yeah. Ho- hopefully at least, right? Raise them right. And they'll do all right once they uh, become adults. That's the hope yeah, at that's, least. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. Um, now I went into a, a pullet barn, I think one time, and when I prefer the sound that the pullets make over the uh, chickens. They have this 
it's almost like it's almost it reminds me almost like a, a bean on a beach that little soft squeaking sound they make I, I wish I wish I could record it and uh, it probably just helped me fall asleep every night <laughs> it's kind yeah, of like, it's probably not, probably not quite as loud but it might be more dusty because a uh, young bird is more active you know she's always running around and just you know just like children they're just running around just have all kinds of energy as an old adult bird isn't quite as active so it's not quite as dusty in a in a in a later barn than in a pull-up barn yeah yeah so uh you guys obviously spend a lot of time farming as a family uh but when you're not farming what how, how do you guys spend your time well that's a good question i mean we we're on duty i guess not quite twenty four seven, but uh, you're te- you're telling me you have no free time, right? Well, that's kind of what I boils down to. I mean, when we <laughs> when we're done eating supper at night, you know, that's when we retire. That's basically, you know, spend have family time till it's bedtime, or yeah. Uh, but the chores start the next morning, you know. I had I'm just you know, take what, care of our. What, what time do they start? Uh, we they start at four thirty, and you know the birds do. That's when the uh, the lighting comes on. Yep. And we gather a few eggs before breakfast. You know, by six o'clock or so, we're uh, we're out in the barn, and six thirty or so, chickens are fed. And and uh, do you guys eat eggs every every morning? Yes, we have eggs for breakfast every morning. Yeah. That's not a bad a bad perk, right? Having access to eggs way, every morning. That's a great way to start your day. I mean, they're high in protein and and uh, they're they're good for you. Yeah. Well, and now they're well. I guess maybe it's changed a little bit in the past week, but with the coronavirus, they were a hot commodity. It was, it was hard to find eggs. Yeah. I, I've 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 been told that I didn't recently, you know, check it out. But I've been told that you know, that's that's a really hard commodity to find anymore. Yeah, I think yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I remember I took a trip to the store and there were no eggs to be found. Uh, and I think again, it's it's balanced off uh, quite a bit now because I've been in the store since and I found eggs. But yeah, there was a a moment where. You couldn't f- hardly find them on the shelves. Mm-hmm. Not have you guys known anyone or or um, had any uh, friends or family members impacted by the coronavirus in any way? Uh, not the virus itself. Well, I I guess not. I know our community was uh, we had the what we call the flu last winter. It was quite. Uh, I mean, it seemed like it was pretty fairly contagious. That was back in January, I believe. Yeah. December. Uh, we have no way of knowing it connected with the virus, but sure. But well, at this point, we don't have any connection with anybody, you know, with the virus. Yeah, and, and has any one you know been impacted economically by it with regards to work? Uh, we have. I have a brother up in Michigan that's uh, involved in rustic furniture and he said sales basically dried up for for him yeah. i mean there's no orders coming in for rustic furniture okay i think they shut the doors 
Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. That's for sure. So, uh, your brother's up in Michigan. Are you from Kelowna area though? Your, your family? Yeah. Okay. Kelowna area, but yeah, he, he moved out probably 40 years ago. Okay. Um, when he was young, yeah, he was, yeah, that happens fairly often in our community, you know, move around or, or, you know, but our roots are deep in this area. Yeah. How, how far back? I couldn't say for sure, but probably our grandparents, um, both of our grandparents probably were born in this area. Well, maybe not all from every every single uh, family tree, but uh, uh, some of our grandparents probably were, probably great-grandparents were born and raised here. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, a few generations in. So have have you guys had any uh, uh, travel plans impacted by the coronavirus? Do you guys ever take a break and go somewhere to travel? Uh, well, yeah, we do. We do traveling some. Um, at this point, we're not. Well, this summer we'd like to uh, have a family reunion out in Nebraska. My wife and and her husband live out in uh, eastern Nebraska, and they have plans at this point. To have a family reunion there, which we would like to attend as a family, yeah. you know, if it's if it's uh, practical anyway, you know, with the with what we're facing today. Um, but as far as uh, beyond that, at this point, we're not anticipating any, you know, out of state traveling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... Uh, you know. Back to the recreation thing, you know, after chores, the children always uh, enjoy horseback riding. Okay. And, and uh, you know, out in the fields and, and so forth. Yeah. How many horses do you have? We have about seven okay. horses. Yeah. Two or three ponies. Okay. Uh, three ponies. Yeah. Now, now, what do you do with a pony? Uh, the pony, that's it basically they're just a, you know, ride, or, ride, ride horse or ride pony. They're, they're mostly recreation. You no. know, they're not, uh, we have a few cattle, but we're not riding, roping, or that kind of thing. It's just... You guys, you guys don't have like a family rodeo going on, do you? Uh, we try not to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we did have a mishap uh, two years ago. G- uh, Galen was riding pony and yep he fell off broke an arm oh really it's it's it, but, seems, it seems like the uh the people i know who ride it just seems like there's a, it's always a matter of time before something they fall off or get bucked off and something breaks yeah that's right but he was ready to get back on the pony you know as soon as the cast came off okay well that's good well, yeah, you got to get back on the horse or the pony, as they say. Yeah, right. So and no horse around. Yeah, no, 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 no more horsing around. That's right. Some good, some good puns there. Um. So now, uh, we have this this new traceability feature on our cartons. I don't know if you've heard much about it, where people can yeah. scan a, a, uh, the carton. Uh, 
and they can then see on their phone or on their computer uh, a little profile on the farm that they came from. So you guys have your own profile. Okay. Do you know that? Well, I knew they were working on that. I didn't know to what extent it uh, it has been, uh, you know, what, what's been all involved and what happened, or you know, what to what extent it has been uh, been done. Yeah, we just just officially launched it this week, um, and so now people can just have a little information uh, on who you guys are and uh, any kind of information that might be of interest, uh, just help them to connect better with, with you um, in one sense, right? They're not stopping by and coming to your house and picking up eggs direct, but um, but just a way for customers to, I think, get to know the company and, and the farmers a little bit better. But I, I, I was wondering if you had any other um, thing that you'd want to share with the customers or any other information you think would be good for them to know just about you, the family, or the farm? Um, well, I don't know necessarily. We did, we did uh, do quite a, quite a bit of traveling as a family. You know, uh, my wife had Lyme disease, and she, we were down to Tijuana, Mexico quite often. We would travel by Amtrak. Okay. And uh, we met up with, uh, with the train conductor, um, and it so happened, his wife originally grew up in Austria, and she could speak German. You know, our you know, we Pennsylvania Dutch is kind of a dialect, a German dialect. Yeah. And uh, our youngest daughter was our daughter's age, and you know, we it was about a day or so on the train. They they really interacted with each other, and uh, they were out at our farm and saw these farmers' hen house eggs being, uh, you know, gathered and watched, eggs being packaged and processed at Farmer's Henhouse plant. They went back home and in Denver, Colorado, and they said they always buy the Farmer's Henhouse brand, so. Oh, yeah? That's, that's a yeah. pretty neat story. So, so you guys met on your trip down to Mexico on Amtrak. Right. Okay, mm -hmm. and then later they came to your farm? Right, they came to our farm. I think two or three different times. You know, stayed overnight, and uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty well, cool. Now, are they? Are, and they're not Amish, right? No, they're not Amish. He's a he's a train conductor for the for the California Zephyr. Okay. Wow. So, uh, so they and they travel as a family. Sounds like for his work. He did at that time. I believe it was right over Labor Day weekend, as I recall it. Okay. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Well, that's pretty. That's a pretty cool story. Now, have you guys ever gone out to try and visit them? Yes, we did. We were out there uh, two years ago. Um, a group of us went out, and uh, we stayed overnight. Well, actually, a couple nights at their house, and uh, did some sightseeing in Colorado and up in the mountains, and, you know, just had a great time yeah yeah it's beautiful out there it is so you guys do a little bit of traveling then sounds like get some a little, little yeah, bit of time do. off here and there yeah we do a little bit you know here and there you know some family reunions uh you know weddings out of state you know yeah. my family her family are both we have some brothers sisters you know out of state so we get to illinois you know 
uh, different Wisconsin, different states. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Colorado, though, is that's hard to beat with the mountains. Right, yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't have much elevation out here. But Yeah. It's 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 sure different in a way. It's just uh you know, it takes your breath away. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly does. Especially too if you're really high up in altitude cuz it can be harder to breathe. Right. Mhm. Yeah, literally take your breath away. Um well, that's great. Now do you guys do it hiking or do you guys go skiing at all or just kind of sightseeing uh i don't go skiing myself but my oldest son he enjoys skiing uh you know uh he, he did that a couple times okay he's 19 years old. yeah he really enjoys skiing yeah not he you said he's 19 right okay not is he planning on farming for his future uh, i i at this point uh, yeah he, he preferred farming over about anything else that, you know, and what, well, basically he's grown up with it and he's, he enjoys it. And as far as I know, yeah, he's planning on, on repeating the process. Okay. So, so the family farm will continue then. Well, we hope so. And we expect it to. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, and too, it just sounds like a, a great community of, not just farmers, but, you know, farmers who uh, are family and friends who really support one another. Uh, I think Eldon told me uh, that, or, and, and, and I had to check this, but Eldon told me that Kelowna, I think it was with a, a six-mile radius, has more organic farmers uh, per area than anywhere else in the country. I think he's right on that. I've heard that say it's it's uh, more densely congested, or I guess you would say, yeah, than any other in in in, in the in the state, maybe in the world. I'm not sure, but yeah, I, I think he was. I can I can't remember if it was nationally or may, maybe it was in the world, but it was a pretty unique statistic that that area has, and I think just speaks to to the to the the community and, um, I mean, just the, the flourishing of the farmer. Uh, but now are you, um, as you look out and think about, you know, in the next five to 10 years, do you expect farming, uh, practices and just the ability to continue on a small family farm to, to change much, particularly for the Kelowna area? I don't expect it to change much. You know, if, we can keep on with this, uh, what we call niche marketing, you know, organic, uh, is very, very helpful in, in that aspect. You know, it supports the small family farm and, uh, yeah, we, we, uh, I would expect it to keep on, uh, you know, barring anything major. Yeah. Come. Yeah. Well, that, and that's, that's great news. Um, and I think like we said with the, being able to have a niche market, uh, really provides and facilitates that, that opportunity to continue to, to keep doing it the way we're doing it. So, um, I want to be respectful of your time. I see we're, we're over 30 minutes. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we, uh, call it a day? Uh, 
might mention this, you know, we, we're almost in a niche within a niche, you know, uh, there's, um, when I would, you know, there's organic bars out there that, that might, might be pushing the rules a little bit or bending the rules a little bit, you know, about, uh, letting the birds outside, which I think the smaller companies like farmers and houses more, if we let them outside, you know, and we do what we say we do, we're kind of a niche within a niche is what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's, it's kind of easy to, to label packaging in a certain way, right? To say it's organic or free range, but to, to be able to, to actually do it, right? To say we're doing what we, we say we are, or to do what we say we are doing, I should say, um, is a is a niche within a niche. Is that what you're saying? Basically, yes. Uh, you know, I'm not saying they're not letting birds outside, but it might be on a on a like porch thing or like an open deck or something like that. They're not, or I've seen pictures of large barns where they're just a small balcony where they but they go outside. Um, basically, there's no grass. There's just kind of like a wooden deck area where they go outside, and and yeah, there's no dirt or grass or bugs that they can be scratching away at. So yeah, but they're still letting them outside. I and mean, there, that's but that's the point I'm making. Is it might not be quite what the customer might be expecting. Right, right. Which is something that you're saying it sets us apart is that essentially what you, right. what you, what you read is what you get right on the packaging for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, is certainly, I think, a a reoccurring theme that I continue to hear from, uh, farmers and house farmers is, is, uh, and something many of them have, have shared with me is that, that we actually do what we say we do and, how important that is to communicate that to customers because unfortunately there are companies that um, don't quite do that. So, mm-hmm. but, right. yeah, well, that's good. I appreciate you sharing that. So, well, all right, Laverne. Well, hey, appreciate again, you taking the time today. Thanks for talking with us and we will uh, talk to you next time. Okay. Very good. All right. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Yep. Bye. And you have been listening to the Scramble Podcast brought to you by Farmer's Hen House Eggs. Eggs that not only taste good, but do good for the farmer, for the hen, for the environment, and most importantly for you. Thanks. Take care. I call this on a